0: glad to see you overcame the temptation to stay at home under the duvet. (laughs) It is a winter's day. Winter is here. It's good to have you here. Um, We have been sharing around overcoming the flesh, what God has done, not just to forgive our sins, but to set us free from the power of sin. And so we have preached on this a number of um, sermons, and we are continuing on that series of just how to overcome the flesh. And this morning I want to talk about renewing of the mind as part of that journey. We, we looked at the fact that we were all born with a, a sinful nature that we inherited because of man's choice to obey Satan and not God, and, and we, we got that corruption in us, and whenever the sinful nature manifests, it is called sin. When, when we obey that desire of the flesh to do what it wants, it leads to sin. And so, um, we saw how Christ came not just to take the sin that we committed upon himself, And paid the price for it, but Christ came to do something powerful in that he also took our old man, the cause of sin, and it was crucified with him so that we have now died to sin but can be alive to God. So Christ came to deal with the cause of sin, not just our sin, but the cause of it. And we read so powerfully of this in Ezekiel, God's prophecy, what he will do. He says, I will give them a new heart and a new spirit. I'll take out that heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh and I'll pour my spirit within you. I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues. And you will keep my judgments and do them. And so we see that salvation is far more than forgiveness. It is to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Where God pours his spirit within us. And now we are dead to sin but alive to God. And we now live for him. But God has left us in his wisdom in this flesh box, the flesh that still desires what we used to do, but now we have the Spirit in us that desires what God wants, and so we have this conflict in us, what the flesh desires and what the Spirit desires. And so we've been speaking about how do we overcome the flesh and its desires and follow the will of God. And we looked at a number of things. We looked at first and foremost the way you overcome the desires of the flesh is the grace of God. It is God's grace that saved us. It is God's grace that took this heart of stone out of us. It's God's grace that gave us a new heart and a new spirit. Our salvation is by grace, not by works. We didn't deserve it. But, but more than the forgiveness, even our overcoming the flesh and walking in the newness of life and in holiness is by the grace of God. It's something that he's, that he's the one that, put, that gave us a new heart and gave us. A new spirit, poured his spirit within us. And then we looked at the fact that we need to understand these things. We need to have understanding of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And, and what he has given us through salvation. And then we need to have faith in it. To be able to overcome the flesh, we not just need to understand what God has done for us. We must actually believe what he said he's done for us. To be able to overcome The desire of the flesh. And then I want to move on to walking um, in the spirit. Which is the most powerful way to overcome the desires of the flesh. Is to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because if you walk in the spirit you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. But I've realized before we can go there. There is a step in between that is so important. A foundation that is necessary for us to make the decision to follow the Spirit and not the flesh. Because this deals with our free will. Because you know, Galatians says the following, it says, But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So it presents us with a choice. You can either walk by the spirit or you're going to walk by the flesh. For the desires of the flesh is against the spirit and the desires of the spirit is against the flesh. They are in opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And I've, I've realized that before we go to that, we need to deal with the T-junction in our hearts. The, the decision of either following the desires of the flesh or the desires of the Spirit. It is the foundation of walking in the Spirit that I want to deal with this morning. I, I've, I've realized because of this one thing, there are so many Christians that still struggle with sin. Even though they have a new heart, a new spirit within them, when the desires of the flesh come. And remember, we said that temptation is not sin. Temptation is when, sin is when you give in to temptation. It leads to sin. It is, it is the temptation that that presents us the choice. Temptation no longer comes from the inside. We have a new heart and a new spirit. It is now from the flesh, the outside. But when temptation comes, we have a decision to make. We're either going to give in to the desire of the flesh, the temptation, or we're going to give in to the desire of the Spirit. So the key is the decision, the free will. It's one of the fundamental aspects of Christianity that, that needs to settle in our hearts for us to walk in the freedom that Christ has come to give us. I found that many struggle with sin because of the lack of understanding of this one thing. Because it deals with our free will. And the Holy Spirit will never overrule our free will. God in his wisdom, when he made us in the image and the likeness of himself, he gave man free will. And he said, I put before your life and death, choose life. I've given you everything in the garden except this one tree. Do not choose to eat of it. And so God will never overrule our free will and this is central to salvation. Our understanding of this one aspect that God has given us that deals with our free will. It is called repentance. Repentance is central to the gospel, to salvation, to the way God deals with humanity. It's called repentance. And so many people have have, have a wrong understanding of repentance. And therefore, it doesn't have a full effect in their life. Because many people think repentance is simply confession. Oh yeah, the flower, remember, what is this? Lust. I wanted to put a bra in here, but my wife said i'm not allowed to put in a bra, so <laughs> this is the closest I get to last so okay, this is last okay this is last <laughs> nah. repentance is not confession confession is part of repentance, but confession is s- simply admitting that i've done something wrong. I have committed adultery that 's confession but ref- repentance is more than confession because you can you can confess your sins and doesn't mean you're going to stop doing it i mean if you get caught out you can confess yes i did lie but there's no guarantee you're not going to lie again because r- confession is not repentance it's it's part of it but it's not repentance Remorse is not repentance either. You can have remorse for doing something, but tomorrow you do it again. And even though remorse is part of repentance, it's not repentance. You need to have confession and remorse, but it needs to lead to repentance. And in Greek, repentance literally means a 180 degree change of mind. You need to change the way you think. That is repentance. We used to think the way the world thinks. Okay, the world says lust is cool. Lust is what the world is all about. If you look at fashion today, it's all about wearing less and less to promote lust. Lust is good. Lust is normal. Lust leads to sexual immorality. You have sex with whosoever you want. That's the way the world thinks. If you watch a movie, it doesn't even need to have an age restriction. It promotes this one thing. Life is about lust and sex. Now, the Bible teaches us you need to repent. You need to change the way you think. The, The Word of God, and this is the amazing thing about the Word of God. It 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 reveals to us who this God is that saved us from this body of death. Who, who paid for our sins and set us free. So the word of God not only tells us who God is, it tells us his character, his nature, it tells us his thoughts and his ways and what is pleasing to him. And in the word of God, we, we discover that that sin that that Sex outside of marriage is a sin. That sex is reserved for marriage, which is sacred. And and it's meant to be enjoyed and to be expressed as a sign of a covenant. And so sex is, is beautiful in marriage. But outside of marriage, it is a sin. So the world says, it's fine, it's nice. Do it with whoever you want, whenever you want. God says, "No, it's sacred, it's for marriage. And and so in between, the flesh desires it, and the spirit says the opposite. And so we need to choose. And repentance is, you need to change the way you think. You used to think like the world, that sex is for whosoever, whensoever. But now you need to change the way you think. That will lead to a different way of living. It's called repentance. It deals with my free will. So when temptation comes, because I no longer think like the world, when temptation comes to lust, I know the will of God, and, and I have a desire to do that. So, and I know I've been set free from this. So I say, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what God desires. What the Spirit wants is me to live holy. And so repentance is literally... A 180-degree change of mind that leads to a different way of life. It leads to Christ. When, whenever we sin, we move away from God, because, because sin is, is not just a rule. it's not just a law. Sin is an expression, uh, uh, God, when, when it's an exp- expression of rebellion. God's word is not rules, it's an expression of who he is. So when God says sex is holy and sacred within the marriage, it's a reflection of who he is. When God says do not lie, it's not just a a rule, it's who I am, I do not lie. And when we lie, we, we are not just breaking a rule, we are actually stepping away from God, we are rejecting who he is. And when we tell the truth, we become more like him and... But I did not know this until I discovered it in the word. And so the way we renew our minds is through the word. That's how we come to repentance. That's Romans 12. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, your logical, literally, your logical response. Service to God. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? That's the Christian life. We've been called to change. Through the renewing of our minds. And and we get that through the scriptures, the word of God. That's why Christians, you must read the Bible. So that you get renewed in the way you think. Because the world will bombard you constantly with its thoughts and its ways. You need to know God's ways. Because it will lead you to life. This will lead to death. And this will lead to God. Eternal life with Him. But here's our challenge. I want us to um, just quickly watch a DVD concerning just, just reading the Word um, and why it is so important for us.
1: A study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000... To deal with the flesh. Uh, p- uh, ...general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80 and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. They weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, When we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday, that's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message, one time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map,
2: like there was a heartbeat. Something happened. Yeah, you got my curiosity. To this extent. What kind of behavior is being
1: affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Four times a week in the Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, Bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in the scripture? If they're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops
2: 61%. That's very important. Just, just spending
0: time in the Word already makes a radical difference in the way we deal with the desires of the flesh. But that's still just in the mind. I mean, the Word of God needs to drop into our hearts so that it is not just knowing right from wrong, but knowing the one who is perfectly right. Right. Because that's what Christianity is about. It's not just the knowledge of what is right and wrong. It's about the One who is perfect. And so, so, so when I when I do what
2: is right, it it moves. It moves Have you noticed that? We're always right.
0: Because many times for husbands, it's about what is right and what is wrong. So we're always right. But that's not always helpful in your relationship, is it? You'll soon discover that it's not about what's right and wrong. There's something more important. It is the person, your wife. And, and so too in our relationship with God, Christianity is not primarily about what's right and wrong. It's about having a relationship with God. And because I want to be with Him
2: and know Him, it leads me to, to find out to discover what is pleasing in His sight because of love. It's a very important mindset.
0: It is the fact that you no longer belong to yourself. I mean, this is one of the crucial things that I see that that Christians struggle to grasp with, especially those who are still in sin. I want to do what is pleasing to God first and foremost, because
2: because I understand the gospel. I I. I sin and he placed it in Christ and he, and he punished his
0: son for what I have done so that I can be justified, set free, redeemed. I mean, that's the gospel. And then he poured his heart and his spirit within me and he adopted me as his, as his own child into his family and he, and he gives me an inheritance and a promise of eternal life with him. I mean, it's because of his love, but, but, but also a revelation that I have been saved. I've been bought. I no longer belong to
2: myself. I belong to God. Gold and silver. I was bought with the blood of his son.
0: I belong to him. It's based on our understanding of the gospel. Paul often speaks about the fact that we belong to Christ. We should live for him. And it's always based on the gospel. It's like, don't you understand what he has done for you? He says, I beseech you therefore based on the mercies of God. (laughs) The first 11 chapters is about the wrath of God poured out on sinful man and his grace towards us, saving us through his son. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God.
2: Present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable.'" for us living for Christ.
0: And I want you just to think about that for a moment. What what does the gospel mean to you? I mean, this, this, this is central to changing the way you think. The fact that you no longer live for yourself. 1 Corinthians 6 is the following. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have
2: from God and you are not your own. And
0: I am so grateful for being bought. Because I know where I was going. And I am grateful forever. I am thankful forever for being saved from hell. And I don't mind to go into heaven and just clean the golden floors, the streets. I will do that for eternity. For not going there. And, and, I didn't even get deserved to get saved. I didn't. It was by grace. It wasn't my good works.
2: So I'm I'm eternally thankful. And I and I want to worship. I mean it's just
0: it's mind boggling so, so I respond out of love but also understanding that I was bought and and so when when temptation comes, it's a powerful mindset to have Galatians two verse twenty says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, both of those things are there. I want
2: us just to close our eyes for a moment. for Christ
0: as a living sacrifice for him. Now that is a powerful mindset when temptations When temptation comes, you can say, you know what? I'm dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus.
2: But the devil is a fark. Did God really say,
0: you are dead to sin?" Did He, did he really mean you, you should not sin? I mean, I mean this is nice. I mean, don't you need this? I mean, I know you had a hard day at work, and you know you're all alone, and this will really help matter of fact, you know watching porn is a good coping mechanism for the flesh that you know you kind of
2: need an outlet you know this 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 will really help you. You, i no longer i i now live for him i'm dead
0: to that i'm alive to him and i want to do what's pleasing to him and and so i can say no that's the foundation of dealing with the t-junction in our lives whenever temptation comes it is a change of mind what do you understand what do you believe It is powerful in dealing with this. It is also powerful in saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. Because the devil will always come and make it about you.
2: And therefore, for Christianity, one of the most central mindsets is, I'm no longer living for myself because suffering puts the focus
0: very real on me because I'm the one suffering and it's the same way you deal with suffering is when you realize but I'm no longer living for me I'm living for him because in suffering the devil will tempt you to avenge yourself and then Jesus says no 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 no. put that away turn the other cheek Now, you're not going to do that if you live for yourself. But if you live for him, you're going to say, Lord, this is very difficult, but I want to do what's pleasing to you.
2: So I'm going to follow you. I live for
0: him as a living sacrifice, and now I live according to his will. And that revelation leads to a 180-degree turn in the way of living. The renewing of the mind, the way of thinking that leads to a change of living. Ephesians 4 puts it this way. Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardness of their heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, to greedy, to
2: practice every kind of impurity. Love and peace and joy (laughs) and fulfillment. The
0: truth is in Jesus. And here's the thing to put off the old self, which belongs to a former way of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed by the spirit of your mind that you put on a new self created in the likeness and the image of God in true righteousness and holiness.
2: It is something that you need to put off
0: everybody thinks I'm different and I know when I put on this jacket I'm not busy with that I'm busy with something else but this is this is a mindset You, you you need to put off that identity you're no longer a sinner remember we spoke about it sinners they sin you're now a saint now saints don't do that that is a rare exception in otherwise holy life
2: my pursuit is Come now. It's about you.
0: No, it's not about me anymore. It's about him. So I do the things that are pleasing to him. Romans 13, verse 14, puts it beautifully. It says it this way: It says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Put on Jesus. You belong to Him. You now live for Him. You're a child of God. You are dead to sin, but alive to Him in
2: Christ Jesus. It's when this becomes this... But if I know who I am in him, I can say no. That's why
0: it starts with the renewing of your mind. So remember, when you face temptation, temptation is not a sin. It's when you give in to it. You are born again. Temptation now comes from the outside. And you can say no because you are dead to sin and alive to him through Christ Jesus. And we now choose to live for him, to do what is pleasing to him. Don't forget the scheme of the devil. And when he tries to deceive you, say no to him. Because he will come.
2: And he will give you lots of excuses. No, I, no, I should not drink too much. It's always about me. So don't fall
0: for that. Colossians 2 says the following. It says, Therefore, as you there will receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So walk in Him. So walk in Him. Rooted up and built in Him and established in the faith. As you were taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Follow his ways. As you've been taught. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy
2: and empty deceit according to tradition of men. Corinthians
0: 10 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ who is, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You see, the battlefield is truly in the mind. That's what the devil is for. That's why the media is the way it is. The world the way it is. Because it's all about the hearts and minds of humans. Because the
2: devil is still in control of the world and the system in this world and it's all About temptation,
0: a thought that is contrary to the word of God, which means you know, some of the icons, some are the icon. It says, Take every thought what captive, it literally in Greek means to seize it, to bind it. So, when a thought comes that is contrary to Christ, to the word of God, when temptation comes, I literally this I must take every thought. But it's a mindset. It's a mindset. And here it is. I'm going to end with this. You no longer live for yourself, you now live for Him. Because He loves you and He has given His life for you. (laughs) And it leads to what He promises eternal life. This life is this short. The temptation of this will go away. I oh, hear yeah, when you get older, anyway, it anyway goes away. But
2: I'm not that old. Oh, thank you for your love.
0: For your mercy and your grace. Thank you for when you saw us. Dead in our sins. Still enemies of you. Because of the rebellious nature in us. And our pleasing whatever. Our flesh desired. You had grace on us. you not only sent your son
2: but you took You made him a sacrifice to pay the price
0: for my redemption. And he was perfect. You did it because you wanted to save me. Lord, we are thankful for that today again. We are reminded again of your love towards us. You were not looking for perfection No, you paid the price for our imperfection and you redeemed
2: us, you called us to yourself belong to you.
0: Lord, I pray that it will sink into our hearts that that we belong to you. Not to be slaves, but to be married. Lord, thank you for this grace. Lord, I pray this morning that each and every one of us will just Renew our vows to you. Thanking you for this great salvation. And
2: choosing to live for you. just to speak to the Lord. I want you to think about this one thing.
0: You now live for Him. You live for Christ. I want you to meditate on this. I now live for Him and not myself. And I want you just to speak to Him about that. In your own words, just respond to Him. The reason why what it means just in your own words Say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. It was selfish. It was for me. God, please forgive me. I realize now I meant to live for you. Help me, God, every day to live for you. Thank you that I'm dead to sin.
2: (laughs) I'm dead to sin. I've been forgiven.
0: I just pray for freedom today, freedom from sin and its power, freedom from addiction. Addiction is a lie. You are set free. Lord, I pray for that freedom right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you set us free, not just of sin, but its guilt. You've taken our sin away as far as the east is of the west.
2: And you set us free. this revelation of his love and grace towards
0: you that he calls you to be his own so that you can be free because it's for freedom that christ has set us free if you are here this morning and and you want to surrender your life to him you want to give him your life you want to respond to this invitation of eternal life with god be free from sin and its consequence. I want to give you an opportunity just where you are just to raise your hand. Say, so, Lord, here I am. I want to give you my life. Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Is there anyone else? You
2: can just drop your hand again. Is there anyone else? thoughts are good acceptable and perfect
0: help us to be the light in this darkness in this brokenness to point to them a different way a way that leads to life Lord I want to pray for those who have responded to give their life to you thank you Father that you see and you rejoice because that is why you sent your son And it was worth it. It was worth it. Another one is redeemed in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those who have accepted
2: you today. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and fill them with the knowledge. you i pray this lord in jesus name amen
0: i'm going to pray with some of those people that put up their hands but you're more than welcome if you want to pray there's going to be facilitators here just to pray with you maybe you want to break an addiction maybe you want to bring sin into the light so that it can be dealt with the power of sin is in its secrecy bring it into the light Jesus if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin and so for some of you to break from those patterns and habits of sin
2: you need to bring it to the light you need to confess it patience. and Go and live for Jesus. Go live for Him. Ask Him
0: every day, Lord, what does this mean today to live for you? And let Him guide you and lead you in that. Read your Bible and pray. And you will find all the answers you need. Amen. Thank you for coming. God bless you. See you next week.